challenge here to Christians in chapter 4 is what suffering is about in chapter 4 and the expectation of it, the exposition of it on, on and looking at it tonight, verses 4 to 6 and we read those verses 4 verse 4 in which they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you hmm. Hmm. who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead it sounds strange doesn't it if you take it at face value that they might be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to God in the spirit and uh, <clears throat> hopefully we'll get to understand what these verses mean by the end of this evening let, let's pray thank you Lord for your word and I pray that we would get the gist of these verses and Lord when we are put down and criticised laughed at, scoffed that we would stand tall and own you because you are the one that will inhabit eternity with those that are faithful Lord we know who is going to be on the victory side and who's going to win the battle and it's not the devil and his crowd we know that from your word and even these verses tonight show us and teach us these truths Lord majority of people will mock at your word and scoff but Lord we know that you will have the victory and Lord bless as we have these thoughts impressed upon us by your spirit through your word tonight and bless our time of prayer together we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> the exposition on suffering. Verses 4 to 6. First of all, verse 4, the judgment of the godless who judge the godly. <clears throat> we looked at it a bit different light last week, the reality in the present the ungodly judge the godly and we went through a list of things that were mentioned in verse 3 there one of them I was reminded of again this week the excess of wine <clears throat> notice in verse 4 the excess of riot we'll talk about that when we get to it in the end of verse 4 Try to work that one out. Excess of wine and excess of riot. Try to figure them. But anyway, the excess of wine. The abuse of verses that we mentioned last week, I think we only mentioned one, where they use a little wine for your stomach's sake. And where in the qualifications for pastor not given too much wine they use these verses to justify the use of alcoholic beverages by Christians and I've noticed that in churches where the leadership do this the youth take it and run with it and I've spoken to people of an example that happened just this last weekend where they've done it the youth have run with it party time 
from our churches because leadership said oh it's okay you see it's not okay it's wrong and so <clears throat> abstinence folks and uh, that's what I preach while I'm here and I pray that anyone else that comes if the Lord tarries will, will preach the same and um, <clears throat> and the experiences we've had with different people that opposed us <clears throat> and argued and I remember sitting at p- picnic tables on the holidays and that talking to people that want to become members and wouldn't give it up I said no no you're not becoming a member until you give it up my brother Langlands might have been there <laughs> on one occasion I can't it's a long time ago Doug yeah he, he, he's, he's he's thinking through it <clears throat> until they but then you have to trust their word that they have and if you find out later they haven't then they're broken, they vow, they promise to you. And the consequences should be that follow. And they have been. Well, we move on. <laughs> In which they think it's strange that you run not with them. This is the judgment of the godless who judge the godly upon the godly. What do Christians think of the unsaved when they see the mess? We're talk- with, I'm talking now about Christians looking about the ungodly and the mess they're making of their lives through drugs, through drunkenness, through immorality, through the abuse of drugs, things like that, abusing their lives, their, their, their mortal body, disrespecting godliness. What do we think? You think, you're crazy. You're going you're gonna to grow old quick, you're going to die early, and you could die of an accident. You just say this is, you know, and unsaved people, that's just, you expect that because that's life for them. But you do say you're messing up your lives. <clears throat> um, what does verse 4 say? <laughs> the unbelieving, and I might say, the out-of-sorts Christians think of the Christian who doesn't kick up his heels and live life to the fullest, as they say. They think it what? Strange. Strange. You're strange that you don't run with us. You don't do these things. Why don't we do these things? Because we are aliens to these things. We've alienated ourselves from these things. We once were that. We're not that anymore. Yeah, that's it. And a legalist is one who works, tries to work for salvation. A Christian who just obeys God, if you love me, what does it say? Keep my commandments. You know, we seem to have to get more and more pointed about this point, don't we? Oh, good day. Good to see you. We got to see him before he went home. Or <laughs> well, I mean, back to no, not home, <laughs> back to Sydney. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, we need to get more and more pointed about this worldliness that we see around us. We we can say they're crazy. They're wrecking their lives by getting involved in all this uh, <laughs> riotous living. Now, I said. You know, there's excess of wine. 
you might say, okay, you've drunk too much and gotten drunk. But how do you have an excess of riot? Isn't a riot a riot? That's <laughs> when you come to that verse. Excess of riot. Can you be sort of a little bit riotous? No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can't be a little bit drunk. A little bit of wine will do. I think you should put them together because it's just in these, was it just back up in verse 3, the one before it actually? Excess of riot. You don't get in the riot at all. You don't get in the wine at all. And they speak evil of us. Why do people who don't get involved and look at Christians, you know, I mean, they, they're not in Christianity, but they see us not getting involved with the stuff they get involved with. Why do they speak evil of people that don't get involved in the worldly things? Why don't they like it? Yeah, that's it. It shows them up, doesn't it? No, I don't like that because you're showing me up. <laughs> I'm becoming a glaring example of what's not right. And so, guilty. And so, they have to put you down to make themselves look good. They think it's strange. And they think it's strange. You know, you're a human being. Just let your hair down. Let's just do it and have fun. No. <laughs> so, the exposition of, don't be surprised if you live godly, this is going to happen. This will come our way. And they speak evil of you. And they'll, they'll, they'll make up stories about you. They will even falsely accuse you and spread rumours about you. Uh, you've probably had it done to you. Don't worry. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the judgment of the godless upon the godly. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, just a cross-reference in verse 19. Whose end thinking of their end, of these people that do these things, who, who run with the world, who live for the world, who party, have excess of riot, whose end is destruction, whose God is their, what, <laughs> belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. For our Christian's conversation is in heaven, from which also we look for the Saviour, if ever is a time. In, him, in the history of this world where we're doing that, it's now. Yeah. For me, I just, yep, <laughs> it's now. I hope it's for you. Look for the, looking for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change <laughs> what sort of body, our vile body. It might be fashioned like his glorious body, where these things won't be a temptation any longer to satisfy the lusts of the flesh, the things of this world. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4, it tells us, But if our gospel is hidden, it's hidden from those people that indulge themselves and call us strange, those that are lost. And we pity them because they know no better. This is, the, this is all that life holds for them, the pleasures of the here and now, but not for the believer. We got the hereafter. So, the judgment of the godless. Back to 1 Peter 4 and verse 5 now. The judgment of God on the godless is what we find in that verse. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. It's 
Judgment Day is coming, and it's not far away. Um, <clears throat> I was just reading a bit of church history today to do with about verse 11 or somewhere around that point in, in, in the text we're in. And it was in the early, it was about 280, 290 AD where horrific persecution was happening. Murder, ter- terrible things. We might read a little bit of it when we get there, but the, the persecutors that were doing it to Christians, they were doing such horrific things that even normal non-Christians were horrified it was happening. And then God's hand started coming upon the unsaved persecutors, the leaders that were leading this persecution. One of them, like Herod, got eaten with worms. And um, <clears throat> and you know what the Christians, the few that were left, did? Every non-Christian around them fled from them. They don't get near these people that were stunk and were eaten by worms. Christians tried to meet their physical needs. The very ones that were stretching and killing and cutting their heads off and doing horrific things too, drowning them, tying rocks to their necks and throwing them in the river, everything. Kids... Mums, everyone, they tried to help the guys. And at the end, three of these persecutors tried to change the laws back to not persecuting Christians. Too late, mate. You've murdered hundreds and thousands of them. And the ten persecutions that happened in that period of time, just reading through it. But, <clears throat> you know, God does sometimes bring judgment immediately. Well, not me, you know, decades in to the persecutions and God brought it upon these people. But the judgment that's spoken of here is in the future day. The Lord Jesus, to him, all judgment has been committed. In John chapter 5 and verse 27, we read there, <clears throat> And hath given him, the Lord Jesus, authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. Yes. We've talked about the resurrection in the morning service for some weeks. So back there. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And that's at least a thousand years after the Big main harvest, the resurrection of damnation. And who's going to be the judge? All judgment's been committed to the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The judgment of God is sure. And when you look at that, how far away could the judgment for the believer be? How far away could it be? It could be real soon for the godly. And it could be only a thousand plus seven away for the ungodly that's not far in terms of time and eternity is it the judgment will come and it could only be in the likes of Matthew 25 the judgment of living individuals where the Lord when the king comes it could be within a few years where the Lord Jesus comes and he sorts out the goats and the sheep and judgment ensues and the left are cursed, the goats, and the right, the sheep. 
the believing people at the end of that time when the Lord comes are blessed and inherit the kingdom. Um, <clears throat> for the living, saved people, we will be taken into his presence and we will be judged. And as I mentioned on Sunday, and that is over, I believe, the period of seven years tribulation when we're judged at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. But for the unsaved, it's the end of the, the millennium at Revelation 20. There, where they're judged. Okay, so that Peter said, the judgment of God. So it's the judgment of the godless who judge the godly. Then there's the judgment of God on the godless. This is back in, in Peter. And then there's the next verse, verse 6. The judgment of the godly by the godless. <laughs> Very similar to verse 4. For, for, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. When you have a funeral, who do you preach to? The living. You don't preach the person in the casket. You don't preach them to, to them. So what does it, this mean? For this cause was the gospel preached to them that are dead. Okay, could, could, you could look at it like that. But this, this means that this gospel was preached when they were living, but now they are dead. So this is what this means here. These people were once alive. Um, <clears throat> the people to whom Peter refers were dead when he said this, but when they were still alive, they had heard the good news of the gospel and had believed. Their lives had been changed because of what the rest of the verse says here. Their transformed lives had activated the malicious dislike of men in the flesh, as you read the next part of the verse, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh. The judging referred to here seems to have been done by wicked people who had persecuted these that had believed when they were alive and probably had martyred those people so they might be judged according to men in the flesh, been martyred by and for, by the unbelieving for their belief in the Lord. So as a result, these people were now dead, been martyred. But that was by no means the end of it. <laughs> On the contrary, the, the rest of the verse, but living according to God in the Spirit. These people weren't dead eternally. They were living very much alive in the spirit, even though they were dead physically. So this is the way looking at this verse. It might look complicated and you might not understand what it's saying, but get the gist of what it's trying to, Peter's trying to get across here. Men in the flesh had done their worst. They had succeeded in, in doing how, it, what they'd succeeded in doing is what we say at sometimes at funerals. So this, our brother, is departed, but he's been promoted to glory. And so all these unsaved people had done in judging those that got saved amongst them, in killing these people that had got saved and, and were, were making them feel guilty, as Ethan said before, and killing these now new Christians, had promoted them to glory and they were very much alive 
in heaven, absent from the body, present with the Lord. They had hated and hounded them and uh, delivered them into the presence of the Lord. They were very, very much alive. D.L. Moody, the evangelist, used to say, one of these days, you'll read in a newspaper, um, who likes reading the obituaries? Who reads the obituaries? Doug, I know. I wasn't going to point you out, but if you, you nodded, so you, Doug likes to read who's still alive, or checking if your name's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been there because you're still here, <laughs> but he knows who's who's with us and who's not, and because you've been a local in Albury, you probably know a lot of people around Albury, and um, <clears throat> who's not not with us anymore. But um, <clears throat> D.L. Moody used to say. One of these days you'll read in the newspaper, D.L. Moody's not with us. He's dead. Don't believe a word of it, he said. I shall be more alive than I am now. Isn't that true? I'll be really alive. I'll be firing on all cylinders because I'll be in heaven and no more of the restrictions of the flesh, no more being tempted by sin, no more having all these things holding me back that we have in the flesh. Uh, <clears throat> The judgment of believers, praise the Lord, proceeds along three lines, and this is in the outline in the on your phone or what you have there. We are judged in this life as sons of God. And what form of judgment does that <coughs> takes place? As the sons of God, as God's children, we can be judged in this life. And it's in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. What form of judgment does that take? Chastisement. And that's chapter 12, verse 5. And without chastisement, we are illegitimate, or it says bastards. If we're not chastised, and how many of us like being disciplined? None of us. And then and our fathers corrected us after the flesh. Uh, they did it to teach us and to train us, to bring us into line. And the Lord said that in 1 Corinthians 11.31, judge ourselves so that we might not be judged. It's better to do it yourself than to be taken to God's woodshed. We are judged not only as the sons of God, but we are, excuse me, we are judged as the servants of God. And uh, when does that take place? What judgment is that one as the servants of God? In judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat is called. And can you think of a reference where it sort of details that a little bit? Yep, First Corinthians chapter three. Yep, where the rewards are given, and it's in First Corinthians five. There, the judgment seat of Christ is mentioned. Second Corinthians, did I say, or first? Um, and then there's another one we don't maybe think of. We are to be judged as saints of God, not, not well, this one's in 1 Corinthians 15. I'll let, read this one, verse 54. So, and, and it's not a judgment for condemnation or acceptance. It's just we are in the beloved. We will be there if we're Christians. So when this corruptible have put on incorruption, and when this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up 
in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So that is, as as the saints of God are to be distinguished from lost people, we will be blessed forever, having immortality to live with the Lord forever. Looking at Nero today, Nero judged the saints and gave them death. God judges them, the saints, as saints and gives them life and gives them life eternally, immortal, eternal life. (laughs) Nero was the first one I was reading about in the ten persecutions. It would do each of us, and particularly young people, to read through church history and read the persecutions and read what happened because we just don't appreciate what we have today and being passed down to us by... It's good for me to read it again. So, well, you know, you forget and and read what happened. Hebrews 11 has got a little bit in the, in the scriptures, but read church history, what has been passed down, and thank God for what we have. And so there's a little bit of the next position of suffering, the judgment of God of the godless who judge the godly the judgment of God on the godless and the judgment of the godly by the godless and um, then we see how God's got these three judgments as a, on us as the sons of God as the servants of God and as the saints of God praise the Lord death is swallowed up in victory looking forward to that Only a, mostly old people look forward to that <laughs> because of the malfunctioning of the old body. We want immortality.